our next guest, Jamal Mayers. Currently an NHL analyst on TNT and Sportsnet. Also played over 900 NHL games, including a stint with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I think he knows all about the fishbowl. I'm not sure if he's ready to uh, give a Stanley Cup to the Leafs uh, for the month of November just yet, but uh, certainly knows what it's like to be around here. How are you, Jamal? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, how's your TV gig going? Uh, it's, you know, I was uh, on um, Chicago's broadcast for, I would say, seven or eight years. And, uh, you know, it's just time for a little bit of a change. Uh, I'm enjoying the the new, you know, I was visiting in at Sportsnet. I had a great time. Everything's first class there. That was so much fun. And so... Yeah, it was nice to be back in Toronto after a couple of years uh, being away. Jamal, we'd love to get your uh, take on what this Toronto Maple Leafs team is. You know, everyone very excited about this team's start, uh, but, you know, a lot of people around here jaded after the way things have ended in previous seasons. Do you see a different team here in Toronto this season, or is this sort of what thing things have looked like in previous years? Well, you like to think that, you know, a lot of teams have to go through and have a little bit of that scar tissue before they get over the hump. And there's been a lot of expectations. Um, and I think this core has, has been through a lot and I think it's made them stronger. The reality is they won't be judged until the playoffs. And it's, uh, I'm sure that's some of the things you guys have been echoing as well. But what, what I do like is that they're, they seem to be a little bit more dedicated to playing on the other side of the puck and defending and they're finding their way and winning close games, which I think in the past they've been accustomed to just blowing teams out. And then when it became playoff hockey, they had a tough time, you know, switching uh, switching it on to playing defensive. And I think ha- having the ability to play both ways is going to be important, especially in the playoffs as, as things become more difficult. Um, but I, I think it's different. I think this team is, is poised and is, is closer because of the trouble they've gone through and the difficulties they've had. And I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, being from Toronto, I'm hopeful that they push, push through and, and, uh, and have success in the playoffs. Jamal, earlier in the show, we were talking, uh, Justin and I on, uh, it's, it's quite amazing that when we speak of the Leafs and, and all that money up front, that they naturally be this high octane offensive machine, but that hasn't been the case as you had just mentioned. It's, it's, it's more defensive uh, than ever. And, and the five on five has paid a price so far in this season. Is this, is this just what we're seeing is uh, uh, Robin Peter to pay Paul? Uh, possibly, but I think, you know, you, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And so, just the same you can't teach guys that can't score how to score magically and so the fact that they're not scoring I'm not as concerned about that because they will find their way they will figure that out I think that they have the guys that can that can do it offensively and for whatever reason they're struggling right now and that's fine Uh, I think it's it's better to have the base of being able to defend as a team and finding out ways um, to, to, to lock it down. And I think back to the team in 2013 when we won, you know, we could win any, any way you wanted it. And I think 
that's what the playoffs is going to prove. There's going to be games that you're going to have to win 6-4 in the playoffs. There's going to be games in the playoffs you're going to have to win 2-1. to one. And so I think this will just give them that, that scar tissue that's necessary as you go through the season and grow as a group. Do you think the Leafs have uh, enough physical edge? You know, it's one thing that, you know, I, I know you have experience from your playing days is providing some of that. Um, and it's something that when I look at this roster, I wonder, you know, come postseason, is there going to be enough, particularly the back end, Sandine and Lilligren, um, even Dermot Hall, like some of these guys, not exactly monsters back there. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. Um, I, I would think they have to go get a little bit of meat in the back end. Uh, not easy to find. But I, I think you're right. I think the game, in my opinion, regresses within the rules uh, five or six years. And so what happens is they let a little bit more go. And we could debate whether that, that should be or should not be the case, but that is what, the way it currently stands. And so because of that, I think you're going to need um, a little bit more meat on the back end. And I think they're probably, like all teams, looking to add a piece here or there, but I think that that is a very fair point that I think will become even more important um, come playoff time, that they, they have a few, a couple of those guys that uh, make you pay a price in the playoffs. we got some struggling teams uh, in the country, uh, none more focused right now than uh, what's happening in Vancouver. Are you surprised there hasn't been a firing up until now? Oh, that's a tough one. I think that, you know, I think their expectations were perhaps inflated. I think that uh, this may be more indicative of who they are and maybe the, the, the different format the last couple of years, um, maybe this is more of an indication of who they are. And not to say that they're this bad, but I, I never thought they were really a contending type team. I thought they were a growing team, a team that was getting better, that had some good young pieces. But maybe the expectations for this group were a little too high. And I think that, um, you know, they've underperformed. They've had a lot of guys who are top-end guys that haven't done what they usually have done. And when you compound that with a, uh, just an awful penalty kill um, and you're not scoring and your five-on-five is not going, your power, like, it all just bleeds together, as you know. And so – the answer to that question is I'm sure it's, it's a tough place to be right now, especially in a Canadian market. And having talked to a couple players there, it's, it's been really tough. But I think they're confident that they have the guys in that room to turn it around. But I think that uh, window of opportunity to turn it around is, is getting shorter and shorter. Jamal, we've talked quite a bit today about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I wanted to branch out to the NHL and some of the greater topics, and one that I'm kind of fixated on right now is what's going on with Alex Ovechkin. He's got 30 points in 19 games. He's third in the NHL to only Dreisaitl and McDavid. You know, our own producers out here tweeting about him catching Gretzky. You know, it, it, am I crazy? I thought this guy was going to age out at some point soon here, but it just looks like he's he's still got another gear, even gray hair and all. You know what? I think... The fact that he's relatively close, I think, has given him a new sense of life. And yeah. people talking about catching, catching Gretzky, and 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 the fact that he's within, you know, certainly has to do a certain, you know, score a certain amount of goals, and just to talk about it and being interviewed about it, I think that's reinvigorated him. And I think it's given him a new, you know, at the end of the day, when you've accomplished so much, one one thing that's always amazed me about special players is how they continue to be motivated for more that they're never satisfied. 
I look to Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, and they have those characteristics, and all the great players do. And he's no, he's very similar in that regard in that he's never satisfied, and I think that this has given him a, a real tangible uh, objective thing. And I think even culturally, I think it would mean a lot to him to be a Russian, to be able to bring it home for Russia. I think there's something there as well. Whether he would admit that today, I don't know. But I think there's something there. Um, and you're seeing a – I mean, let's be honest, he's not that old. He's still in great shape. What I'm mostly surprised about, guys, is that he's been able to tailor his game because there's no way he could be as physical as he was in the first 10 years as he is now. He's more of a specialist. He still back checks and does all those things, but he's certainly not as physical. And I think that's a smart change in his game that he's made, that he can't continue to be that physical, play that much, and score goals as you get into your late 30s. They are right on the heels of Carolina. Granted, Carolina's got three games in hand on them, but Ovechkin's doing this without his number one centerman in Backstrom which is incredible because Netsov's come in, I guess, and done a, a good job. But this was a guy that everybody believed was going to get traded in the offseason. That's how terrible he's been last season. It, it is quite remarkable that he hasn't, he hasn't been really affected by it. Yeah, I think that, you know, because Netsov is a, is a special player, and I think that he's probably, um, although it's temporary, he wants to prove to other people around the National Hockey League and himself and his teammates that he can do that job, that he's just that good. And, and you've been there before, Kipper. You've seen guys jump into that hole and tell you, oh, yeah, I could do that too if I play with Ovi. And, and well, now's your chance. Go ahead and do it. And you know what? Good for him that he's, he's taken that opportunity. He hasn't, he hasn't let it slide. And, and uh, he's fit in really well. And he understands when and where – Ovi wants the puck and he's and he's delivering it. Yeah, no kidding. The the one guy the two guys there are ahead of him, Leon Dreisettle and Connor McDavid, continue to separate themselves from the rest of the league. Like Ovi is sort of the grocery stick between them at thirty five points, thirty two points, and the next group of guys at twenty points, twenty two, twenty one around there. Like it's a huge divide already. You know, what do you make of these two guys? And, and how much do you think they rely on one another to put up the points they're putting up? Like, they feel like they could do it without one another? Or, or do you think that they're more dependent? No, I don't think they're dependent at all. I think that, right. you know, they're completely different players. And they were just recently here in St. Louis. And I took my son and watched the game. And I watched, you know, when you're at the game, you're able to watch away from the play. And there's no question about it. Connor McDavid's the best player I've ever seen. He's the fastest, most skilled player I've ever seen. Right. What I, and I don't think we under, it's not like he's underrated Dreisaitl by any means, but I feel like, he, is it possible he's underappreciated? Like, he's so strong. He's mm -hmm. so smart, so strong. It's almost effortless the way that he's able to hold onto the puck, hold people off, make plays, find the little holes, offensively on the power play, you know the puck's coming to him. He's able to finish when he has an opportunity. He can make a pass going 100 miles an hour with his backhand across ice, full speed, saucer. Like, his skill set is, is pretty amazing. And so, you know, not it's hard to say that, but I, I feel like he's maybe he's underappreciated in some respects because, man, he was he's really special oh, to, to watch play and see how strong he is. Jamal, he's, he's buried. He's absolutely buried 
by Connor McDavid. <laughs> it he is first of all, he leads the league in scoring. He's got three more points than McDavid. He's got what six more goals than McDavid, yeah. and nobody's talking about him. It is incredible right. what he's been able to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's you know what? I thought okay, he's not a great skater. Then I watched him like yeah, he can get up the ice. Oh yeah, he can skate. I mean, yeah. Like there's not a hole in his game. And the challenge for him, in my opinion, and watching him play is, can he give up some of that offensive stuff and be that hard to play against? So when you go up against other teams' top offensive guys, can he take away a sliver of that offense and just be a almost like a hosa defensively to make it so hard for the other guys to create offense? Because he'll still create offense. But can he, can he uh, mentally focus on doing that and using that strength defensively to shut other top guys down in the playoffs? Yeah, that's a great question. That seems like a way that Edmonton could pivot from like a team of two offensive stars to having a bit more playoff success. He's obviously, he's a bull. He's fun to watch out there. So, um, oh, and, and might, might I add? Yes. 8.5 a year. Yeah, he's making a decent, uh, I mean, what a bargain he is. Bargain. Total Remember bargain. Edmonton got killed for that contract. Yeah. Was it Shirelli that did it? I can't even remember. I think it was. And yeah. everybody's saying that's nuts. Probably and might be the best deal in the league right now. A hundred percent. So then looking at the other team in Alberta, the Calgary Flames are actually leading the Western Conference in points, even with the Oilers rolling like they are. A couple extra games on them, but my Lord. Um, what do you make of the turnaround there? Daryl Sutter uh, getting a lot of credit for turning them into a defensive juggernaut. Uh, is it as simple as a coach making the changes? Well, it's not, and I think they're getting great goaltending, but there's absolutely a complete buy-in on how you need to play for Daryl. I mean, he's, he has a standard, and I love the way they defend. They defend the, the front of the net better than any – I mean, we can look at analytics, but you can watch the games and see it. They defend the rush better than anybody because they're very predictable defensively. They protect the house. They don't allow a lot of shots or slots, uh, slot shots because they don't allow any pucks to go in there. Their wingers help out down low. And, and offensively, it's about volume. They get as many pucks in, uh, to the net as possible in bodies. And they've got some skilled players who have bought in. And when you have top-end guys like Goudreau and, and Kachuk and Monaghan and, and others buying into how they have to play night in and night out as far as how hard they have to work, well, it's easy for plugs in the third and fourth line to follow suit as well. So, um he definitely has their attention. And for me, I hate when people say uh, young players have changed or young the kids have changed. No, they haven't. Our expectations of these young people have changed. And so he expects a lot. He demands a lot. And these guys are up for that challenge. And they've, they've been fun to watch. They are going to be an absolute tough team to play come playoff time as well. Jamal, the, the narrative for the Leaf fans, many of them were before this season started. I don't care what you do in the regular season. Couldn't give a crap. Let's see what happens from April on. Is it a similar situation when you think of uh, Johnny Gaudreau in, in Calgary because he's had ample opportunities to show that he could lead in the playoffs? And that time of year, he has tended to disappear the last few years. Should, should Calgary fans be thinking the same thing with this guy? Absolutely. I think it's, it's show me. And so... The nice thing is that I think that he's got great chemistry with, with Kachuk. And I feel like if he just shows a little bit of bite 
in his game, which I think he has at some points this year already. And it helps to have a guy like that on, on his line. Uh, I mean, but at the end of the day, he's going to have to do in the playoffs. And so he's so up, he's so gifted offensively. He's just got to be willing to get his nose dirty and understand it's going to be harder to understand. It's going to be more difficult. Um, but just building on that new way, uh, if you will, of how they have to compete night to night to night. And who's to say that a guy, I don't know how old is he, what, 28, 29, or maybe in his, I don't know how old he is, but yeah. he's, he's getting up there. There's, there's no reason why you still can't learn. There's no reason why you still can't mm-hmm. put another part of something, in, another ingredient into your game. And so that's what it's going to take for me. It's going to take him getting a little bit of getting his nose dirty more often. And, and then his skill will come through because now he's in the battle. Now he's in the fight. And he, ha- he obviously has it. You don't have the success he's had growing up in hockey, being his size without getting your nose dirty. Well, we'll keep it in Canada for one more from me. Um, you know, looking at the worst, like, goal differentials in the league, 30th place team is minus 18. Uh, then there's Arizona is the worst. Montreal's minus 26. They're right there, 31st team, just getting smoked, 5-13-2. and two. What are your thoughts on what's happened here this season? Uh, expectations pretty high off a of Stanley Cup run. It has gone more than bad uh, in Quebec. Yeah, I mean... I don't know what to say. I think that their expectations were high. I think that they had some young players that probably came out of the gate, Caulfield included, and everyone wants their development to be a linear path. And sometimes it, it takes a little bit of a hiccup and a little bit of a regression for them to learn the finer points of the game. And, um, you know, they've had some guys underperform. They've had injuries. They've had guys with, with – they've all, all kinds of uh, reasons why – things didn't go well. And I think sometimes those things compound and you get that feeling of, Oh no, it's just not our year. And the, the hope for me, for this group would be that they don't let that happen. They, they, they kind of realize, you know, still a lot of hockey left to be played. And, you know, sometimes, and, and you've been there Kipper, sometimes you just need to, they just need to shake the tree. And, and sometimes you just need to trade, make a couple of trades to, you know, shake up the group and get their attention and let them know, you know, life was good, went to the finals, and it, this is, we're in a, you know, performance business, and if you don't do it, then we're going to make some changes, and sometimes that helps the team. And so I'm a little surprised that happened, hasn't happened yet, but uh, Bergie's a real smart hockey guy. I'm sure he's got his hand in, in, in thinking about all the different ways he can get this group going. Well, Jamal, thanks for your time, man. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, I love listening. Thanks, guys. All right. Jamal Mayer is over man. 900 games in the National Hockey League, doing a great job in front of the camera as well. Mm-hmm. All right. And this is good. We, we still got uh, enough time to hit on some, some show stuff. This oh, is... no, no, no. This is what I've been waiting for. We're going NBA now, Sammy. <laughs> Sammy right. throws on the headphones. Hold on. I want to ask you a quick question about yeah. Jamal Mayers. Yeah, Bob. Do you remember he was on the Leafs? Do you remember how he left the Leafs? I No. Uh, like... The, all the rest of us just kicked to the curb. Nah, <laughs> he was traded. He was in the Fanuf trade. Oh, that really? was relevant oh. to the to the last week when we were all talking right, about yeah. yeah. But he was with, he got traded with Hagman, Stajan, and Ian White for Freddie Schustrom, yeah. Fanuf, and Keith Ollie. Yeah, so I, st- I stand corrected. Kick to the curb. Kick to Calgary. <laughs> Kick to Calgary. Yeah. Kipper, was that pen you're using there worth a thousand dollars? 
Looks, no, looks like a thousand dollar. Got a little pineapple at the end. Rose of it. gold. Maybe, is it a platinum? Maybe he could use it to delete some of those emails on his phone. Oh, hey, for everyone out there, someone straighten this man out. I have anxiety sitting by you because you have fifteen thousand unread emails. <laughs> that is not an exaggeration. He has fifteen thousand unread emails. I have no idea how to get rid of them. <laughs> I don't mean? think I've ever deleted uh, an email in my life. You Kipper, just keep going. Kipper, you're in your 50s, not your 70s, my guy. 15,000? Doesn't that give you stress? Like, uh, what if there's something important in there? It's I like don't a- care. <laughs> I, I don't care. I Honestly, I aspire to the, your level of confidence where you're just like, I don't know. If they need me, they'll, they'll find dinosaur. me. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> was that a clip? Oh, that was a clip. That was, that was a clip. Like, oh, that comes a dinosaur. Wow. Am, am I supposed to care? <laughs> well, I think uh, generally, me. is this a general question? Yes. Then yes, is the answer. Why? I don't know. Because of g- guilt. Look at the garbage that people send me. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're weird. Like, no. I don't know. Like, All I, right, please respond to our show. I'm it, kind of weird. Is it nor- more normal to have zero unread emails or 15,000? I am weird about it, though. I hate having numbers on my phone, like the ones and the twos. Any, I hate it. I always get rid of them. If you really want to get a hold of me that badly, just uh, text me or give me a call. I, w- I will say, I appreciate the, you know, Kipper, you're a call guy. Something to say, let's just have a quick chat. Have yep. a phone call. You'll call someone. You'll have 10 phone calls a day. Yep. I'll go 10 weeks without a phone call. Really? Yes, legitimately. I haven't, like, I I mean, I call people to come on our show sometimes, but it's mostly tax. But I still have a couple call butts, you know? By the way, social media is designed to have you hate that little red button. For sure. You know, that's like. But so I I have a few call buddies. Guys that I still call, but it's mostly texts. You know who I have phone calls with? Only person on earth? Who? Bunk. Really? Yeah, yeah I talked to him too. <laughs> but I got a few from Owen Sound that I call too. So Okay, go. are we going NBA oh, sorry, or sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Are sorry. you guys done with that boring conversation about <laughs> 50, my emails? emails. My God. All right, sorry, Kip. Last night, NBA, mm. there was a game between LeBron James and I think Detroit. There was a free throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron lining up. Closed fisted backswing and hit Isaiah Stewart and broke him right open. Yeah, right in that spot, that meaty, bleedy spot above the eye. And I'm watching this going, let's see where this goes. And it it started escalating. It it seemed like Isaiah Stewart was kind of calm. And then I don't know if, if it was the amount of blood rushing down his face, but he went all NHL squirrely. That was and great. I, I love a good squirrel like that. I just, I loved it for no other reason because now we are into that human behavior kind of feel. And we don't, we don't seldom see it in basketball mm-hmm. like we do in hockey. But when a guy feels like he's been cheap shotted, then all bets are off. And he wanted LeBron real badly. So last to his night. credit, he wants to get to him. Yes, you know, like so often it's the Michael bunting the lineies between us. Like, yeah. And I, but I so wanted him to get to him. I am uh, honestly Come on. deadly curious. Who wouldn't have wanted to watch that for like 10, 15 seconds? Just let him go, Kipper. LeBron is number one who didn't want that. <laughs> no, no, no. LeBron was backpedaling. Oh, he's so scared. Big time. Kipper, they'll, you, what do you pay for a fight pay-per-view? $60, $70? That's a good question. I'd have paid $50 or $60 to watch one. No, 30 seconds of those two. So 30 seconds. Here's the thing with LeBron. 
And I'm so thrilled we get to talk about LeBron on this show because I can't stand LeBron James. By the way, I, anyone who dislikes LeBron James has no, something wrong with him. I love LeBron James right, basketball. Okay, he, I see what you're saying. He's, okay. he's he, an unbelievable. He, he, he's, he's a jealous Leaf fan. you got to no, remember that. That's oh, yeah. where it ultimately comes back. He's had success. Just, he's yeah, actually exactly. lived up to the expectations. No, hype. I have, completely appreciate his greatness okay. and I'm thrilled to have him around and I'm thrilled okay. to be able to appreciate this throughout his career but he is the cornball king he is the number one guy that he's like oh no he's he's always creates these things where he's like I'm so underappreciated and he's yeah. like all every sports talk station ever talks about is how great you are LeBron I just I can't stand the guy off the court and I go through these things where I'm like I want to cheer for him I want to cheer for him. Oh, they're in the playoffs. And he does one of his stupid whiny baby things. And I'm like, ah, I can't do it again. So now, so now, yeah, he, he thinks he's the golden boy. This guy thinks he can do whatever he wants out there. I'm LeBron James. Because he and is he, LeBron yeah, James. Yeah, but he punches a guy in the face. Legitimately, should be suspended. We'll see if he dies. But he that was a punch in the face. 100%. Total on-purpose punch in the face. No accident whatsoever. No, that's, that's the, uh, was it Tucker Pullman who just got suspended for the accidental stick swing? The same thing that I think Zach Cassian did years ago. The whoops, did I totally do that thing I did? Yeah, but nobody cares about those guys. No. This is LeBron. Yeah. No, he caught him with a pretty and, good one. He, meant, he, Le- he meant to give him the whoops, get off me punch. And then LeBron's like, oh, my God. I got a guy who doesn't care who I am here, obviously, and he's hiding behind everybody. I wouldn't even want LeBron to do fight to get at him. He's not the no. one who's fired up. No, I know. But, like, he was probably scared for his Let life. Let him go. Let him go. That's where you love. Well, what if they pulled the Moses that, and everyone parted? LeBron oh my was God. square. He would out of there. He was LeBron's gone. a monster of a guy. Th- that's man. the one thing still good about fighting is that if if that if there's cheap shots and one guy really wants to get to the other guy and they they end up going at it, it's over. It's yeah. done with. The air's out of the balloon. It's been dealt with. Everybody can move on. This, on the other hand, really sets you up now for the next one for wanting more. Yeah. Well, so I'm watching this. They and should the, fight off the opening the, draw the, next game. So, <laughs> so the first thing that I'm thinking of when I watch this is, yeah, okay, NBA league office, you deal with this. I'm sure the NHL supplementary discipline uh, office there, eh, NHL safety, are watching yeah. this and laughing, going, hey, welcome to our world <laughs> yeah, we here. We deal with this every day. We, yeah, every week we <laughs> deal with this crap. How about you guys? So what are you going to do? You're going to protect LeBron? You're going to go with the, it was an accident? They will, because or, they protect their stars, turn, unlike our league. Turn mm. around and... And give it to him. I think the Lakers should sign Tom Wilson or uh, set him <laughs> up for next game. Well, there's been some. There's I, the NBA is great for drama, but there was the Jokic with one of the Morris brothers recently, where a guy also, got checked from behind. Love the the Jokic thing and Morris. Yes. Morris, like you don't can't cheap shot a guy then walk away and not look at him. That's, so I I've been loving the NBA for this stuff, and it it used to be really bad. Like in oh, the man. in the eighties, like seventies. Oh, 90s. did you watch that documentary? Oh yeah. Last Malice. Oh, my Malice God. Yeah. Malice in the super Palace. Super good. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Jermaine O'Neal was ruined by that, huh? Yeah. Oh. I know. That was super good. So, there we go. Great wow. television. How about that, fellas? Was that that was 10 minutes on hoops? <laughs> you guys want some Pascal Siakam takes? I'm ready. Like, I love talking hoops. <laughs> <laughs> There's low, uh, it's not Tuesday yet. That's no, only one. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. So, the other couple things we had uh, on tap for today... Um, was a, a look at Vancouver and what's going on there. How about Don Taylor's tweet? Do you have that with you there, Sammy, to read for us? Yeah, just give me one or second. Just, I'll pull a, it up just here. sum it up. Ooh, you don't he need threw to out so the, the name. The name. The name. The name. 
He said that one of the names tossed around as someone who might come into the Canucks organization if there are big changes is Mike Babcock. Let that sink in. Mike Babcock. If, can I tell you? Yeah. If I'm <laughs> Dan Riccio, if I'm, uh, you know, guys oh. out in Vancouver, please give me this. Holy <laughs> This is a gift from the content gods. You know, having Mike Babcock come in there, doing his hockeyman stuff, it would be spectacular from a content perspective. So, Kipper, first thing you said when you heard this was, I don't think they're going to pay him. Or I don't think they want to pay him. Yeah. And I would think he'd so he would stop getting steady. paid by MLSE if he went there. Well, it, it it would be equivalent to what is still owed to him that he'd want covered off. So that means that they could actually split it. So if okay, he's so at they six million, million or, yeah. they give him three. Vancouver would give him three. Toronto would give him three. And Toronto would welcome that. anything off the books. Makes sense for both parties. It would make so, sense. Are but, we talking? We think to be the head coach. I love it. I love it. No, I think he's going to go in there to be in. I'm yeah. just not well, sure. Well, management, uh, what, are, what are we? No, I guess coach. Mike Babcock, coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Let's have it. Better for our job, too. Not just reach It's just, uh, yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. My voice just cracked. <laughs> I should do that. I just, uh, I, I don't see Jim Benning sticking around if Mike Babcock comes in either. I imagine Mike Babcock has no intention to walk into a scenario where he is hired as the head coach and then the GM gets changed. That was his issue with what happened here and reading his article, you know, he's coaching the University of Saskatchewan now, the Huskies. Yeah. Um, you know, he complained about the situation here where he didn't blame Dubas specifically, even though there were tones of that. But it GMs want to have their work. guy. It doesn't work that way, right? It's so, just dif- difficult to work that way. Right. So is he going to come in and then have a say in who the GM is? Some sort of higher position, like what Patrick Wall wanted to be involved I, in. I, I just don't see this scenario being played out. No. I don't. And the other one is, is that Aquilini would still owe Travis Green Another $2.7 U.S. Is that what he makes? Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. No, it's really good. <laughs> and it's a lot of money. I would I would yep. love a cap friendly and what GMs make around the league. I don't I don't think that uh he'd be interested in spending that much money mm-hmm. on a guy. If you get back three and you're given two point seven a green, all of a sudden that, you're I won't spend one second on the ice. <laughs> I just I can't see it. Yeah. How um I mean it makes it, I'm sure it got a lot of likes, the tweet. But how? I just don't think, I don't, <laughs> I don't know it's if practical. it's, I don't think if it, it works. So if you're a Vancouver Canuck and like, well, we're just playing this out and Mike Babcock comes in there in the pie in the sky scenario, mm-hmm. how hard are you dreading that? It totally depends who you are, right? But yeah. you you do dread if you're a guy like Pedersen or whoever. Like oh, yeah. It's going to be an, a daily effort check. And not that Travis Green doesn't no, do no. that, but a new guy coming in, going to try to make his point, and you got to impress him. And you would immediately get a dead cat bounce to call the Canucks dead cats. Yeah. You know, you would get some best efforts, good performances from guys. Uh, Kipper. How, you, okay, just oh, yeah, how, how are we still another week before really deciding – who makes the playoffs and who doesn't in the standings? Do we need another week? No, let's, I think we can do it right now. And Vancouver? Nope. Uh, yeah, God, I want to be the guy who's right on this. Uh, Burger King, grill marks <laughs> I, on their ass? I can't do it. I can't count them out yet. 
can't count them you out. You can't. No, I'm like the only person, but I'm going down with the ship here because you know why? Last year's Calgary Flames, I believed, were a good hockey team based on their roster. I believe there is a roster in Calgary that is, or sorry, in Vancouver that is pretty good. I like the additions they made lower down the lineup. I really like Jason Dickinson. I like a lot of their top-end talent in Hughes and Pedersen and Besser. I thought OEL is a good addition. I like their goaltending. So it's like Calgary to me where I'm like waiting for this to come around. And when it does, I want to be there and say, hey, wow. I didn't bail on them. 6-11-2. and two. Dash 16 goal differential. Just lost to the Blackhawks. So... You look at that division and you say the Ducks are in third place there. It's like maybe part they, of that is why I'm not giving you up. You think they suck, so maybe they'll fall out of there. But like Vegas isn't going to get worse. Is Edmonton going to get a lot worse? Is Calgary nice. going to get a lot worse? A and then, then you got to go up against those what like Colorado, Nashville in the in the Central for the wild card. Boy, that's a that's a vote of confidence from Borny. Uh, I will say uh, Listen, Burger Col- King. Colorado's Burger King, not maybe. in the wild card hunt. Well, no, I mean they're going to win that division but, going away. No, I mean there's. But there's tons of teams in that division that right now are, you know, down lower. It's like, is Minnesota yeah. going to get a ton worse? Winnipeg, St. Louis. Like, all these teams are way better than Vancouver. You're nuts. You're nuts, bud. So. No, Calgary. I'm wrong. Cal- I'm wrong. Cal- somebody's going to get fired if Calgary and Edmonton miss the playoffs. I don't think either of them will miss the playoffs. So, it's I guess Vegas so gets in. The- so, it's a wild card battle. It's a wild Between card. them and who? I don't know. Wild, Winnipeg. Like, you know, it's going to be Wild or first in the division. I know. Red that. hot. I know. I don't know. And then, if that's the case... If you're just, if you're a whisker away from thinking that the season is done, then that's something that is done in good time. Wipe the if, slate clean. If you clean. do think the season is done, you yes. wouldn't do anything now. You think that Benning and Travis are, are done anyways. They should have done this three weeks ago. Well, they should have fired. Yeah, just, but it's not just about firing people. It's who's coming in, who's replacing, who's who's available, Babs. who's available now, and uh, who might be available uh, a little later on. While you're doing divisions, uh, have you looked at the top of the Atlantic where the Toronto Maple Leafs sit recently? You know who isn't losing? Uh, anyone in Florida. Florida Panthers keep winning. Tampa Bay Lightning keep winning, which means to me the Toronto Maple Leafs winning the division or whoever wins it is a is probably the most important division to win. That second, third battle, oh, man, that is a knockdown drag out. Whoever comes out in the next round is probably, pretty, probably struggling. Crucial to win this division. Florida will hit a snag. They'll slow down a little bit. They'll lose. They'll lose a few games here. Uh, they had a pretty good run at home. They're undefeated, are they not? Uh, at home, they're ten zero and zero, which is good. Uh, away, they're it's three two stretch. and three. <laughs> it's a good stretch. <laughs> a good stretch. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're obviously very good. Tampa Bay ten four and three. Didn't uh, Tampa just lose point for yes. a little bit? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like it's day to day. Yeah. That's a big blow, obviously. It is. For them and, yeah, so. You got, you got uh, Braden Point as a lock on Team Canada? For sure. Yes. Absolutely. We actually, you know, I make fun of you, Sammy, but we do need to do rosters. That can, re- unveil a real Kipper and Bourne and Sammy uh, roster at some point here. Yeah, I know. Guess what? I'm just biding my time, baby. I'm just waiting. It's, you know, <laughs> waiting for the show, and it's like, oh, the Leafs don't play in a couple days. Let's do the show. Let's do it. Let's get the whole two hours. Yeah. Call-in special. Call-in special. So, you know, let's say Toronto were to face Tampa Bay or Florida. Then you got to play Tampa Bay or Florida in the first round, beat them, come out, and very likely play Boston. Like, Oh, my you, gosh. I know. I uh, you got Boston in? I'm not convinced. You're not. No. 
No, I'm not. And I guess the Metro could send five. It's possible. I'm not. I'm not sold on Boston and, uh, Nine and lo- six. love the one line. Yeah. But that blue line. You know what they need is two Rask to come back. They really do. Yeah. You know what would be hilarious? The least won the division and then played Boston as a wild card team. Would that be ha-ha hilarious? Yeah, be who do, who would find that funny? Do you uh, think? People in Boston. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our friends at, you know, WGR. Yeah. I don't know. I think, think, think WGR is Boston. You got Boston as a lock right now? I do. Yeah, they're a lock. Oh, boy. Look, right now the wild card teams ahead of them are the Flyers, the Devils, and the Red Wings. Blue Jackets right behind them. Like, you they'll know, find a way in. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll find a way in. All right. Uh, before we go, we were just talking about GMs and – or, sorry, coaches, and you were saying what Travis Green made. Does Sheldon Keith is he in the top half or the bottom half of the league in salary, do you think, if we knew what every coach in the league made? I don't know if uh, he's close to three, but I would guess he's over two. Would you? Oh, yeah. Really? No, no. They, they were well compensated right out of the gate. Dubas, uh, Dubas top half. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Dubas is well looked after here. And I think he may need a new contract. After this year? Kyle, yes. He's looking for long term. I bet they wait to see how playoffs goes. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. If I was him, I, I, I'd try to do it right now. Today. Today. Yeah. And uh, just one thing before we go. Got a text here. I have 22,000 unread emails from Brandon in Niagara. So yes. you're not alone, buddy. You're in first place as Love the it. anxiety giver. <laughs> is, he, is he over 52? I, I don't know. I don't have his age on here, Kip. <laughs> <laughs> Number of unreads in age, please. All right. We'll figure it all out for tomorrow's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.